Hi, I'm Jacqueline Shepherd, and you're listening to the second collection of conversations around taking the leap. For those of you that don't know, LEAP is an acronym I created and it stands for Listen, Equip, Action and Patience. And the conversations on this podcast are with people who themselves have taken the leap. wanted to speak to Lisa after seeing a post on her Instagram stating how she had taken the leap. Well, funnily enough, we bumped into each other in the high street just off Oxford Street. I was on my way into BBC Radio London and it's funny, isn't it, how you can think things into existence. It really felt like that was a necessary, needed conversation and to see her that day was just poetic. It was such a fulfilling chat. We're a similar age. We have a number of parallels, be it romantically or professionally. And she gave me a real pep talk that day. It felt like she gave me a bit of a rocket. And I would say that that conversation was really instrumental. She definitely became one of the L's in the Leap Acrimen for me. Uh, I really listened to her and took heed of her advice. And some really significant things happened after that conversation. Anyway, this episode is about Lisa. She was my first guest for the first time that I presented on BBC Radio London, so it felt fitting that she should be debuting the novel that she had written, Simone is Still Single, and uh, get to talk to me about it. And we had that chat within the parameters of the LEAP acronym. So here she is. Time for my first guest. Now, she's an inspirational figure. She's a qualified counsellor and HR professional. She was also prolific on Facebook when it came to romance-related status updates. Now, her status updates were so fun, so creative and enthralling that many said she should write a book. Well, last summer, the possibility of a book became a reality and she became one of Jacaranda's 2020 writers. And in December, Lisa Bent took the leap to focus on her writing and from September she will officially be able to call herself a published author. Welcome to the scene Lisa Bent. Thanks Jax, how are you? (laughs) I'm so good, it's good to speak to you. Congratulations on the book. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time because I know you're getting closer to your deadline aren't you? Yeah, it's tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. It's tomorrow, oh. but I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Of course you are. Okay, so the book is called Simone is Still Single. Mm-hmm. I want to chart the steps that took you to get there. And I'm going to use a handy acronym I created. So you're ready to get into that? I am. I am indeed. <laughs> okay, let's go. So, Lisa, tell me about it. Did, did you always want to write? Let's talk about listening. When you listened and tuned into yourself, what was your inner dialogue saying when it came to writing? So I've always wanted to write a book. I always knew I had a book in me. So I would never have guessed that book. My first book would be a romance novel. Now, in hindsight, it was so obvious because as you've just shared, I used to write a lot on Facebook. Oh, Um, yes. (laughs) Can I just say the people who don't follow me on Facebook, I promise you all names were cancelled out Mm -hmm. and uh, it it was very tasteful. Um, However, I noticed that whenever I shared anything dating related in particular, because I did talk about a lot of things, you know, I used to be in a lot of panels um, and I used to write a lot for my blog. Um, But whenever I shared anything dating related, 
my page would be filled with comments and likes. But it wasn't until 2017 that I truly realized the importance of what I was sharing. So I'm going to read you this little excerpt from my Facebook page on the 6th of December, 2017. Ooh, this is go what I wrote. for it. <laughs> this is what I wrote. Ladies, you'll be so proud of me. I saw a dude. I checked him out, smiled and walked past. I turned back. He's still there looking at me. I walked back and introduced myself. He shook my hand and the compliments were flowing. I found out his age, status. I got his number and I must say, Mr. TK Max, six foot, 40, single, with beautiful dreads has made my day. Don't expect an update on this one. Okay, maybe. Kiss. Now, I called him <laughs> Mr. TK Max for two reasons. One, I met him outside TK Max. And as much as I like sharing, I am private. So I always hid names. That's what I was now going that, to say, because you seem like quite yeah. a private person. But it did seem very <laughs> organic, the fact that you were writing and people were interacting with this. Yeah. So that post um, in itself gained 45 comments and 104 likes. Now, that is not an influencer level by any means. But it was enough to show me that I was onto something. So everyone was excited for me and they loved my courage. But bigger than that was hope. Mm. They genuinely hoped it would work out well for me whilst acknowledging my random encounter meant that there was still hope for them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, what? the one thing I realized is that we don't talk about it enough. You know, there is a real problem out here for black women in particular who are in their late 30s and early 40s, as so many are still single. Now, that's amongst my circle of friends. Yeah. But I do not doubt that this goes beyond that. So when you so, when you say we don't talk about it enough, you mean we don't talk about uh, the fact the, the demographic that you've just described mm -hmm. are single. That's a bit that we don't talk about and the specifics of that. Exactly. Mm. We talk about singledom, we might complain about it, we might question when our Morris Chestnut and Shamar Moore, <laughs> you know, are gonna you know, enter in our lives, but we don't really dig deep enough yeah. and no one I feel has really spoken about it. So at that point, I decided to serialise my experience uh, to tackle some of the issues and feelings I had to shed some light on this emotional roller coaster, the highs and lows, the psychological impact that for me range from feelings of loneliness, um, concerns around my egg count, um, which were submerged below the tip of the iceberg. Mm. Because as we work out, you know, what we're meant to be doing on the visible level, like how to approach, how to be more open when approached, how to be more engaging online, and how to attract a good man who has what we're looking for and wants what we have. So I really felt like I wasn't alone and I had to, I had to write it. Simone is so, still single, had to be written. This is such, it, it just feels like a rite of passage here. You know, as you said, you <laughs> had to write it. Um, but there are so many people who would be so excited about the fact that their inner thoughts are being put down on a page. Because when you sent me a little extract, I got to have a little look. <laughs> and I know you're going to share some. I definitely felt like it was something that I could mm -hmm. relate to. So I'm so excited that you're going to share a little bit with us in just a moment. Before we get there, though, mm -hmm. um, let's just talk about equipping yourself. Because you said mm -hmm. that you had all of these these extracts from Facebook, which all mm -hmm. these statuses, which you then started to serialise. And that, of course, turned into the book. But that can't have been an easy process just sitting down and writing a book that must be tough so how did you equip yourself to be able to actually do that yeah it was really tough the um so going back to my facebook post from 2010 um 
helped me form the story. But since then, it has changed so much. Like, this is literally Simona's story now. It's no longer mine. Like, it, it became bigger than me. Um, so it's no longer mine. But in terms of equipping, as you said, you know, this is my first novel. I've never written a novel before. So what I did was I sought advice from people that I knew who had. And um, best-selling author Dorothy Coombson has been absolutely amazing and so generous with her time, even when she has been in her own deadlines. And her advice in particular really, really helped me just to stay on track, stay focused and literally not panic, even though I did. But she helped me. She helped me come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So almost like a a mentor of sorts. Yeah, she is. She really is. An an unofficial mentor. Yeah. And then and then let's just talk about action, because I know in December you Mm -hmm. physically took the leap. You actually quit your job, your day job, (laughs) and then you decided to commit yourself full time. So, again, it's about really digging deep. So tell me about taking action and how that felt for you. You know, I pondered over the decision for about four months. Um, the CEO in my last job was lovely. He tried to make me stay, but I just knew I had to concentrate on the book in order to finish it. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm part of the 20 in 2020 cohort. So I'm part of a, I'm part of 20 authors who are being published this year. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, the deadlines are a lot faster potentially than maybe a usual deadline had I just been one author being published. Um, the How deadlines did- were... Sorry, how Sorry. did you become one of those deadline, uh, one of those authors? So I, um, so I'd already started to write the book, um, and then Valerie Brandes, the founder of award-winning publishing house Jack London Books, launched a competition in collaboration with Words of Color to find and publish twenty authors in twenty twenty to increase the voices and narratives of Black writers. Mm-hmm. And my good friend Feluke Akinluz sent the info to me and encouraged me to submit, and I took it as a challenge to complete my book. So that's kind of like how I kind of entered into into becoming a, a published writer. And wow. I was just lucky enough to be one of the 20. Um, so the biggest leap wasn't writing the book. It was actually leaving the job, which is so weird because, you know, the book did stem from and was beginning to be my memoir, which is scary in itself. It's so scary, but cathartic, but scary because, you know, I'm opening up myself and being vulnerable um, for people to have an opinion on me. Mm. But then as I got into the process and realized that it was actually bigger than me and I had to create other characters who weren't real in order to support the story and support her journey, then I, I, I had no choice. I felt like I really had to give my full attention to it and and give it the attention it deserved, Simone deserved and that the readers deserved. And I, I hope I've done that. So let's just talk about patience then for a moment, (laughs) because I had none. (laughs) It's so important. And I think as a society, we're so quick and we want things to happen so quickly Mm -hmm. for us. But writing a book cannot be rushed, can it? Surely this is a process where you have to have some patience. So how did that work out for you? So I found out real quick that my creative brain doesn't work as fast as my corporate brain. It took me about two months to really understand my creative process, which was so frustrating. You know, I wanted to be able to write 10,000 words in a day because that's what I told myself successful writers do. Mm. Complete nonsense, but that's what I made up in my head. Um, But eventually, with acceptance came patience. And then from patience, I formulated discipline. Mm -hmm. um, and, And that's how I kind of 
began to just accept that the creative flow is very, very different and you don't just rock up to your desk and expect it to flow. Well, that's not how it came for me anyway. Like, it's a, I can't even explain it. I can't explain it. It's like a, I can't explain it. But you had to get into your own rhythm. You had to find your own rhythm, find your own groove and you had to give yourself patience to become at one with that groove, I suppose. Exactly. And be really kind. I had to be really kind to myself. Like, this was all new. It's a new skill. And in the beginning, I was expecting myself just to excel and run. Like, it really wasn't. The pace was so slow. I think the first time I sat down to write, I think I probably did about 400 words. Mm. I think I did about 400 words and I literally beat myself up about it. And then I was like, no, it's going to take time to formulate. And then on a good day, I did hit 10,000 words. And then, and then there's no good days or bad days. Because I think when you, I learned that when I started putting that label on myself, I was then just putting more pressure on myself for the next day. Yeah. And and I guess, you know, that thing of when you're not trying, sometimes it's when it just happens quite organically. So, um, yeah, well, this, congratulations to you. Well done for putting pen to paper and, and, and getting it down. I want to find out a little bit more about Simona. So I guess the best way to do that is for you to read a bit of an extract. Are you ready, Lisa? I am. Let's okay. hear all about her. So, guys, this is page one, chapter one, and it's called Reality. If anyone in this spiritual hour is listening and cares to help, my name is Simona Brown. I'm 37 years old and I'm a public relations and communications executive at a top media company. I love my job and I'm good at it, although I should be a director by now with that director level pay. This isn't even ego talking, it's fact. Work politics, aka institutionalized racism, is a block to progression and therefore lifestyle, which is a block to my ability to thrive. The ethnicity pay gap report needs to become mandatory, ASAP, so companies are made accountable to address those differences. This is 2016, yes, it looks different, but there's still struggle. I should also be married with children by now, informed by society, family, and my biological clock. To be fair, I'm also ready. I decided to be consciously single at 32, and five years later, I'm still in the same position. How? Why? You know, a former black male work colleague once gave me his thoughts, which I never asked for. He said, Simona, the reason you're single is because you're opinionated and too educated. Shoved in my face like someone trying to force feed me. Please know, I didn't swallow that. It's not my truth. It's his, based on his own self-inadequacy. I just walked away because that mindset isn't deserving of a response. When you've been single for as long as I have, everyone who isn't tries to help by telling you why you are. Everyone's a guru. Apparently, the main reason is that I'm high maintenance and too picky. I'm not. I just have standards, which is imperative and a basic requirement. If that makes me picky, okay, I'm picky. In fact, I may need to be more specific in my affirmations because what I'm calling for isn't coming and I know the type of man I want exists. Oh, and then there's this question. When are the kids coming? The worst question at this age. There could be numerous reasons which are no one's business, but my case is simple. No man, no baby. I know there is love behind the intrusive question, usually asked by family members and friends my age with children, but it's too flippant and doesn't acknowledge the true roller coaster ride of what I'm going through. 
Honestly, I'm battling with the fact that I now have less than 12% of my eggs left if research is to be believed. Even though technology surrounding pregnancy has advanced, pregnancies over the age of 35 are deemed risky. If, sorry, when I become pregnant, I would be referred to as a mother of advanced maternal age, which is a lot nicer than the previous term, geriatric mother. I don't feel old. I don't look old. Black really don't crack and I'm not old. I'm fit, healthy and can pass the late 20s. But it's a different story internally, apparently. (laughs) There we go. Amazing. Lisa. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much for that exclusive first listen of Simona Thank Still you. Single. How did it feel reading that out? Oh, gosh. Do you know what? It felt okay. It did feel okay. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, yeah. What I want to say, though, is yes, that is the first page. Yes, I understand that it may have sounded a little bit bleak. Um but what I'm trying to do is not only normalise being single at 40, but giving a voice to women who are having these feelings like I've had, as you said, you may have had at some point. Like, these are real feelings. And whilst this is a romance novel, it's romance with realism. Yeah. We've, we're done with the fairy tale. Mm. Like, the white, the, 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 shining, the white horse and the shining arm of a man isn't coming. Like, those days are done. And so this book really kind of is grounded in the reality. Well, I think that's why I gravitated towards you, towards it, towards the book and had to get you on because I definitely I'm in that demographic that you've described. And, I've, you know, I had been eternally single. So I really do appreciate what you uh, have been writing about. And I cannot wait to find out what happens. Um, <laughs> that, that line, when a kid's coming, my goodness, how many of us have I had know, that? right? My goodness. So rude. So Lisa, where can people find out more about you and where can they follow the progress of Simona? So you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. The Instagram and Twitter handle is I am Lisa Bent. I also have a book page, which Simona has taken over at the moment, because as I said, she's got her own voice. (laughs) And that account is Simona's underscore still underscore single underscore book. Brilliant. You can find me there. Thank you so much for joining me on the scene, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, Jacqueline. And it's great, great to hear you back on the radio. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, I'll be speaking to you online, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye.